Man, jet lag almost in the end on this one. Honestly, I'm very surprised that I edited this in time to go out. Welcome back to Gaming with Gage and Friends, the podcast where your friends talk about role-playing games. My name is Gage, and my friends this week are... Hey, this is Wayne. I'm two children in a trench coat named Josh. And this is Dot. All right, today we're going to talk about Shelf Life. What's that one RPG product that's been sitting on your shelf that you haven't gotten a chance to play? We are allowing digital products. It does not have to physically be on your shelf. Our discussion topic came from our Discord server from a good old friend Eugene. Uh, how do you dust off a game after a long break? And then we're going to be revisiting our Iron GM segment with the story seed. The players find the 100-year-old remains of a PC in a cave. Go ahead and start coming up with your ideas now. We'll get to ours later in the show. You can tell us how wrong we are in our Discord server. But first, let's start off with Shelf Life. As gamers, we have the habit of accumulating stuff that we either never plan to run or just haven't had the chance yet to run. Um, and I don't mind kicking this off. I have currently something that I am sitting on. Uh, the digital, the physical has not been delivered yet but the Savage Worlds Superpowers Companion. What may surprise a lot of people who listen to the show is that I've never run a Savage Worlds Superpowers Companion enabled campaign. Uh, it's, and Wayne, I would actually love to get you, if you want to chime in on this as well. I have always found that when I want to use supers, I just use the Arcane Background Gifted because it's light and quick, but it doesn't obviously it doesn't cover like four color or, or your no, bigger superheroes. I've done Necessary Evil. I've done the original superpowers companion and i've done second edition and the big thing it gets you is powers are something that you kind of bring up in a combat or occasionally you're very limited to how often you can use your powers with the regular background compared to they are just a part of who you are and you have a lot more of them but also it just changes the nature of the dice you're rolling Suddenly, your numbers get much higher and you feel more epic. For sure. And I also want to dive into it from just as a Savage Worlds nerd. Uh, like Clint Black has always said that this the Superpowers Companion, if you're ever like, I want to build my own monsters, I want to build my own species, I want to build my own stuff, you can go into Superpowers Companion and it has all of this stuff already weighted out for you in terms of points. You know, it also has like stronghold mechanics, which as since who's Agatha has a safe haven mechanic, there's stuff in there that I'm very curious about. But that's what's sitting on my digital shelf at the moment. Uh, Wayne, what do you have sitting on yours? So many things. The one that I'm pointing to for, for today's conversation is uh, I went all in on the Kickstarter for Avatar Legends. I want to run this game so badly, but... I also want to have the physical book and I want to have all of the things I got with it. I'm afraid of it becoming shelf life because I've bought so many books over the years. I've done a lot of buying books at used bookstores and have really filled up a shelf full of gaming books that I've never touched. And I spent so much money on this Kickstarter. I don't want that to happen. You and you and what four million of your closest friends wasn't it like yeah. a ridiculous number of people who backed that? Maybe if if this one night ever fizzles out, maybe we'll have shelf night and it'll just be rotating whatever Wayne hasn't gotten to run on his shelf, and you just grab the next book every week and you're just running something different, tearing through. But Josh, you have the opposite. I think you said before we started, you're like you if you are going to buy it, you are going to play it. 
That's right. So I usually um, will borrow a book before I buy it. You know, maybe from a friend or the library or whatever. And then once I say, yeah, I'm excited about running a system for this, that's when I, or running a, a campaign for this system, that's when I, you know, I actually go out and I buy the book. Josh, I don't think you realize how much you just blew my mind. Like, yeah, I could just borrow <laughs> such a healthy outlook. I, I could just borrow this. I don't have to buy the PDF. I, I don't have to. Because that's my thing is, well, I'll buy the PDF. And if I really like it, I'll buy the physical. But no, yeah, I could just borrow it. You could, right? I, I have a pretty good record of not having a long shelf life. I've only got one game right now on my shelf, and that's Forbidden Lands. I was all set. I had the party. I had the campaign. We had the day, the time, everything picked out. And then my schedule changed really dramatically uh, with work very suddenly. And, and that had to that that killed it. So and you, um, you crushed my hopes and dreams. I know. I know. And uh, that was a campaign that Dot and I were supposed to play. It. Yeah, but it's all right. But it's it lives. It will still happen. I have faith. Yeah, me too. Me too. Dot, what about you? Do you have anything sitting on, on your shelf, or are you also forbidden from the lands? Does putting myself on a shelf and just having the, I need to run something, does that count? Because I feel like that's your real You've question. Heard of elf on a shelf. Now we've got Dot on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Cut it, end it. The podcast is done. That was wonderful, everyone. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I would love to say that I have something on my shelf to run, uh, but it's not true. I have my own written things that, my own written one-shot and, you know, the ever-acclaimed uh, Cirque campaign that I want to at some point finish. But because I haven't taken the step into actually GMing, which, you know, is kind of important, I haven't invested in buying any other games yet again healthy you, you all are expressing <laughs> a level of healthiness that i don't think most nerds in this hobby have um, i will say to break both rules that this is both a, a product that i have not bought and that and one that i don't plan on running but playing in there is a mythical pen dragon game scheduled will it happen who knows but it is on the books and so i will finally get to experience this uh this magical system wherein the rules of the system enforce and enrich role play and setting so i'm very very excited about i was that. actually really surprised by your choice because i really expect you to go with crystal hearts oh gosh you're right yeah see this is the thing i've had to let go of crystal hearts okay oh taking a step back for anyone who's listening to the show maybe you've only joined the discord server recently i can't imagine there's that many people who are listening who haven't joined the discord server that would be ridiculous of you if you hadn't joined the discord server we do something called swan knights i have tried to run crystal heart twice now three times three times that i'm pretty sure it was three times three times i will try to run it a fourth time it is a world where your characters, their hearts are not flesh, their hearts are stone, and you've joined an organization that rips your heart out of your chest to put a harness in there that gives you superpowers. But you're literally replacing your heart, so it also affects your personality. And there's a train, and there's a weird steampunk land, and there's vampire Transylvania land, and it's amazing and dope-tastic, and I want to play it so bad. Yes, you're right. Scrap everything I said. It's Crystal Heart. You're right, Wayne. <laughs> At least you can sometimes admit when you're wrong. 
Uh, yeah, when I switch from one Savage Worlds to another. As long as the as answer, long as the answer Savage is Savage Worlds. <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking of Gage being wrong, let's move on to our discussion topic. So what we're talking about this week is uh, dusting off a game after a long break. And like I said, uh, this came from a friend of the show in our Discord server. This came from Eugene, who I, I love and adore, and whose son my son loves and adores and like looks up to very much. Jason, also a listener of the show, also in the Discord. Jason, if you're listening, you are the light of Vanian's world. He worships the ground on which you walk. The discussion question, though, is dusting off a game after a long break. I will admit, I have a tendency to not run long games, which, as I've said 100,000 times on every podcast that people will let me show up to, does mitigate this to a certain degree. Shorter games, more concentrated arcs, you get less of these long breaks. So I have a tendency to, when these things happen, go, you know what, maybe we're just done with this game. But Wayne, I know you have a great example of... A long break that was unanticipated, even when you were trying to plan short arcs, uh, that blindsided you and how you brought that back. So I'd love to start off with you. Like you, I like to run shorter arcs because I played a lot of games that never reached completion. And it frustrates me to no end. So when I started running, I started running shorter arcs. Usually that means I don't run into the issue too much. But a little thing called COVID hit. And... We had just started a campaign. Everyone was super excited for it. We were, we were still near the beginning of the campaign, and it had to go on hold. At the time, I at least knew, I knew it wasn't going to come back right away. So I, it wasn't that I had advanced warning it was going to happen, but when it happened, I knew it was going to be a long break. It wasn't like we missed a session and then missed a session and then missed a session, and now it's months out. The first thing I did at that point was I went back through all of my notes, reconsolidated them. I asked everyone, what is the important things about this campaign to you and your characters? And I wrote up a primer document that was, oh God, the PDF was like 20 pages long by the time I was done. But some of that was because once I started, I started writing about the food truck scene, which had never actually happened in game other than one truck. And I ended up writing all of this drama between the food trucks and creating all of this. When it came time to start the game again, I knew I didn't want to start right where the last session ended. I wanted to have some time have passed. And I went into this document and read what was important to the people when the campaign took the break. And I created that whole first episode back was getting them back to the characters. I wanted something light, but something that was impactful. And I had spent all that time writing about the food trucks. So I made a plot revolving around food trucks. And that was the first session back was dealing with random food truck drama because I didn't want to go heavy into the story yet. I wanted something side to get them feeling that again. That's my go-to for going back to campaigns that have had to sit. I like to do something off the wall and different to loosen people up. I was running a superhero noir game where one of the players was, her day job was a radio drama actress. So when we missed three sessions in a row, the session we came back, I gave them all note cards and they were the rest of the cast on the show. 
and we started off with making a production on the show and i gave them all this actor wants to upstage this actor something to kind of just break the ice listening back to one of the earlier episodes i believe i referred to this in episode two as rp lubrication which is exactly exactly what you're talking about. Like you give enough room for people to start playing their characters and getting comfortable again. Yep, without breaking the feel of the the game that you've been running. Josh, what about you? Have you have you run into this before? These these long breaks and the desire to do something fun and interesting to get it back on track. I guess I'm pretty lucky because I'm I'm going through this right now. August and December are always the hardest months for me to to get games running. We've got work issues with some players, personal issues with other players. We've got one player moving to another country so that she can start going to college there. It's just one week after another, um, we haven't been able to run, right? And it's all you know perfectly valid and important reasons, but I think it's been about four weeks or, or five weeks since we have run a session. Now, we've run a couple of little one-shots in the meantime, um, but we haven't actually run a session of this campaign right now. So I'm I'm dealing with it right at this moment. So you're saying it's time to end that so that you can clear up your schedule and time to join our next two Zagatha game. Just that's, leave all of those people behind, all your friends. That's right. That's right. You know, one of them is the infamous Andrew who won't appear on this show. But I Andrew. I'm, I'm comfortable leaving him behind entirely. Um, well too well, bad. Sadly he, he might be in that who's Agatha be in the who's Agatha game. <laughs> <laughs> you can't well, get rid of Andrew. I'm yeah. comfortable making that table uncomfortable. <laughs> I'd be there too, most likely. <laughs> Hopefully everyone, because Wayne, the only reason I'm running Who's Agatha again is because Wayne hasn't gotten a chance to play it yet. So are you thinking about strategies for how you're going to bring this back? Kind of like some of the stuff that Wayne's talking about is your goal to like drop them right into the fire, get action and plot going right away in an attempt to like shock them are you going to try and give them some room for some rp are you going to say hey guys let's just call it like where where are you leaning right now so this this game is is a it's a trading based game right the the players are running a caravan on the silk road in the middle ages so i mean it's kind of rough because this this thing that they have been building towards for like six months until this this break happened was this major payday which is essentially just them going to be negotiating prices over goods in their caravan, which is not exactly the most thrilling thing that you can begin of, well, I think this should be worth 25 dirham. Well, you know, talking gold drachma, sure, you know, like that's not a very interesting way to, to start a game. So I do think I'm going to have to come up with some sort of like role play beforehand just to, to have a car explode, for lack of a better term. So I don't know anything about it. So this might be completely antithetical to the game. But what if you just skipped past all the negotiation and you were just like, all right, you have all of this money. Now you have to get it home. <laughs> and that's the actual plot of the next game. You just skip all of that entirely. Would that be uh, kind of disregarding everything about the game? So I'm, I'm worried that that might be the case, but I think that's an interesting idea. Two of the players are like, they really focus on the trading game aspect. The other players sort of focus on the adventuring aspect. Uh, and so I'll talk to the two players that are really into the trading game and see how they'd feel about that, right? Like, let's just agree on a sum of money right now so that we can get to, to swashbuckling and sword swinging and, you know, killing Mongols before they kill you. The long ride home, which is like the entirety of the film Warriors. Right, exactly. Excellent. Dot, what about you? Anything come to mind when you start thinking about this? 
COVID, definitely have experienced that, not getting to play Forbidden Lands, Josh. Also, I think the point that you just made about like wrapping it up quickly and just putting a neat little bow on it and being like, ah, oh, yes, we're finally done with this. I think that points back to the last two Zagatha game that you ran that ended up just being Shannon and I. Um, our characters were the, the last two players. And it had just gotten to a point in the story and with, you know, how long that game had gone on, not necessarily session-wise, but just in point of time, because there were scheduling conflicts and issues that happened pretty consistently to no one's fault. Life happens. Different players, different me. Like I had to, th- like, yeah, yeah, everyone kept having stuff. Yeah. And again, it, it wasn't at anyone's fault. It's just we're all adults and sometimes gaming has to take the back burner and that's unfortunate. That being said, I appreciated that you gave us the heads up. Hey, this is going to be the last session because it needs to be the last session. There wasn't going to be any additional plot development that could happen from what was the last session to a potential last last session, if that makes any sense. So just wrapping it all up and giving us the player agency to make those decisions and complete the things that we wanted to, I think giving the foresight of telling your players this is ending now instead of dropping the bomb on them in game, I think that's a good tactic. Yeah, and in that campaign specifically, it it was obviously a rush to the finish, but it gave everyone an arc. It gave the, the two characters uh, a place to finish. So everyone got to walk away being more satisfied, even though I think we all would have wanted more from that game. There was a lot of undeveloped stuff, a lot of sh- you know strings sitting there untugged, but it did leave to a, a, yeah, a satisfying way to wrap up the campaign and move forward. Yeah, I think that there's enough, there's enough still left open that if that setting were to reemerge and if those characters were to be brought back to life in any futurist instance not saying that that has to happen but there's enough unknown still that it's like oh yeah i'd still be interested in figuring out why Edie had no idea that the people that essentially raised her were lying to her her entire life there's a lot to work with there so i think having the understanding as a gm of this needs to to be done now, but then also recognizing and giving the players agency to wrap up their characters in a way that they feel comfortable and they feel satisfied with. That's just good gaming. This needs to be done now and other tips on how Gage runs games. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure those words left your mouth. I'm not... (laughs) It sounds very much... If they didn't, it sounds exactly like me. It sounds like some, I think I've said that about our current campaign. This is very fun. I love all of you. I love this story. We need to wrap it up. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I'm like that one waiter who starts flipping all the chairs, but they start right next to your table yep. so that you know it's time to go home. Yeah, it's time to ski daddle. <laughs> I think the real problem that causes this is biweekly games because I don't see it happen very often it's in hard. a weekly game. But in a biweekly game, you miss one session, then you've missed four weeks. A hundred percent. Wayne, would you like to play every Thursday with me? I cannot do every Thursday. I know you can't. I know you can't. Hence why we will continue with our bi-weekly game. <laughs> You're not the only one who can't. 
Uh, so no, no worries there. That's why, that's why we game bi-weekly. Let's move on to our Iron GM segment. So if anyone is new to the show, maybe you haven't, I think we've only done one other Iron GM segment. So this is kind of a, a newer thing. Basically, we're going to take this uh, seed that we talked about earlier. I'm going to go ahead and read it one more time, and then we'll kind of bounce around. Uh, I think we're going to we're going to go alphabetical order this time instead of reverse alphabetical order, which is our norm. And we're just going to give a couple lines, maybe setting ideas, adventure ideas, plot hooks, whatever comes to our mind based on this seed. And again, this seed is the players find the 100-year-old remains of a PC in a cave. And if I check my Rolodex, alphabetical order means dot. That is me. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? My idea is that as the party walks into this cave and the, you know, the one PC that sees the remains lying slumped against the cave wall, as they recognize and make the distinct distinction and understanding of, oh, that's that's me dead. Those are my remains. Um, there is some sort of like time portal wormhole thing that opens and that party member is now no longer with the group, no longer visibly with the group. And they are now having a split party scenario where the, that PC is having one-off, you know, instances and past experiences of what their remains experienced, those one-offs with the GM, and then the rest of the party is having to figure out what just happened and then find their remaining party member. Very cool. Very cool. All right, moving down the line, I think that takes us to uh, Josh. Do you have any ideas? I do. On close inspection of the, the PC's remains, they see the names of all of the party members engraved on the inside of the ribs. And what they realize is that it's a list with the PC, the dead PC, the at the last on the list, and two NPCs who are traveling with the party recently, both of whom are dead. So it's listing the order in which the PCs are supposed to die, and they need to solve whatever this mystery is uh, before whatever's coming for them gets them. I love everything about That's that. That's genius. That, that way to create dread and horror over their shoulder wonderful from the person who claims again if you were in our discord server uh to not be good at running horror games uh wayne what what are your first thoughts with this so for me i would set it up as a mystery i don't give them the answers right away you know they look into it they find out this okay this is a hundred year old body then i start to flavor in oh there's pictures from back then have pictures of the person with an NPC and a family and have a whole life ahead of them all leading up to meeting like the children. Then we get to the time where they, they're about to be thrown back in time and they have that choice. Do I stay with the party? Do I go back in time and live this life? If I go back, these people I just met never existed anymore. I love a good moral quandary. Of a good PC decision. When I first got to this, uh, my first thought was that this is very prime for who's Agatha because there is some time travel shenanigans that happens in there. Uh, But what I think, honestly, I think I want this to be a dream sequence. Uh, I think I want this to be a recurring dream sequence as well, 
where based on decisions that people are making throughout the campaign, this dream comes back and maybe the person who is a hundred years dead changes. Yeah, so you have this dream of someone in a cave. Obviously, the cave will have to come into the campaign at some point. You'll have that. Uh, very few watched like the the lock and key show, where they have that that cave down by the tides. You you have that moment where you realize you're in the place that that body was. That's a hundred years decayed. And but yeah, just kind of this recurring thing to kind of like hold dread over the player's head, kind of like Josh, what your idea was, uh, just to kind of constantly have them in a state of we are all going to die if i can keep that going i'm generally pretty happy psychological torture is the best psychological torture is in fact the best i absolutely love that the dream aspect and just changing it each time with a little bit of a like groundhog's day spin where each time they try to figure out maybe what led to their death they have to change one element of that day well, and that's the real question, right? Is this so? Like, let's say it's a, let's say it's a a, a PC. A, a, the player character's name is James, right? Is this James' dream seeing James dead? Is this James' dream seeing Debbie dead? Does James then have to wake up and talk to the party and be like, "I don't know what we're gonna do, but we better not kill Debbie." <laughs> and then, are the dreams in which James is dying the best he ever had? <laughs> oh tears for fears i think you broke dot i'm i'm just no you did not break me i feel like i want to go back to the groundhog's day idea because it was my idea and i want to talk about it more i i feel like if it is going to be a dream sequence sequence what if every time he's waking up that resets everything right so he goes to bed every night dreading this dream that he's going to have because it's consistently happened for X amount of time. And in each dream, he ends up dying. But he has to figure out what changes in the dream to try and keep himself from dying. So he knows when it's going to happen. So maybe it's not so much that he's going to sleep and having a dream, but he's living out that day. I kind of want to take that idea and then Josh's idea and then my idea and kind of start shoving these together. Yes. Is what if every dream starts the same way? Yes which is like the beginning at the beginning of the cave and they're walking through the cave and they see kind of what Josh was talking about, the order of deaths. There's the body of Debbie and then there's the body of Jake walking through to that last body. And then as they're making changes, sometimes one or two bodies disappear or the order changes and you find out you're not stopping this event. You're just making it less bad. Yeah. That I love that idea. And you just start every session that way. Yes. Or end us. Oh gosh. Can you imagine ending a session with like you walk and like the person that you love most in the world who was right there at the front isn't there? Isn't that fantastic? And then they're at the end. You know, and then yeah. you just go end a session, have a good drive home. <laughs> if you end every session like that, start every session with a different dream and have those dreams be something happening sooner. Actually happen. To show them that there is reality coming from the dreams. Yes. That the, yeah, the, oh gosh, to drive the point home that this is going to happen. Yes. But smaller things happen from the dreams in the beginning, mm -hmm. all leading up to the big dream at the end that is the cave. And I'm seeing um, some parallels of Lost, that uh, that old TV show Lost. You know, every single episode open it, starting with, you know, somebody's eye opening. A similar sort of idea there. It's a... Uh, it's a really powerful storytelling device. Mm -hmm. It also helps sort of focus people's memories and refocus on like the task at hand. This could be a really cool way to do it. 
Should we write this? I I almost feel like we should write. Let's scrap scrap the recording. Burn it. <laughs> Craig, don't record this. We're gonna be we're gonna be tens of errors. I don't know what it's called when you make twenty dollars. Um, allowance, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. No, I love this idea. I and what I love about it is that it feels like because you're tying it to the dreams, it feels like something that can fit into a lot of different settings. Yes. Yeah, it could just as easily fit into a D and D fantasy campaign as it could into a. I could easily see this in a Shadowrun game. Oh yeah, or a Who's Agatha game. It can work in a lot of different places. That brings us to the end of our show this week. I have, I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm having a moment closing the show because I really liked the way that Iron GM segment went. I've liked every episode we've recorded, and I've liked every Iron GM segment that we've done. Uh, but that was really cool, and it's got my brain rolling around. I mean, I might need to go ahead and do some prep after this. If you disagree, or if you have a better idea, or if there was an obvious way to run off of this uh, adventure seed, you can feel free to go into our Discord and let me know. Uh, you can always find that link in our show notes. It's the easiest way to find any of us so that you can chat with all of us. In the meantime, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, I would like to say thank you to everyone for being here. and Thank you for being my friends. Um, and we'll see everyone next week. Bye.